Welcome to the Learn Music Together podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Peresta, and I'm so excited you're here. This podcast is for you, parent, who needs strategies, ideas, and support in guiding your child as he or she learns music at home, in private lessons, or in a group setting. This podcast will give you support you've been needing each week so together we can encourage your child to reach their full musical potential. Today, I'm going to be talking all about what's missing in piano teaching, in my humble opinion. So some teachers that teach piano lessons teach the student and even teach them well, but they don't help guide the parents in what to do during the week. Now, notice I said the word some because there are some piano teachers who do an incredible job in balancing both the student and the parent, including the piano teachers I learned from. They were incredible and amazing. But here's, that's what I'm talking about today is what I feel like is missing in a lot of piano lesson settings. I had piano students come to me and their parents would say, you are helping us so much because you're giving us guidance and what to do in helping our children. And our former piano teacher did not. And so it felt like it was kind of like a, a, a stall in the progression that their child could learn music because they weren't getting the help they needed as a parent and help and how to guide their child at home with learning piano, if that makes sense. So you as a parent, you listen into the lessons Yet you head home and feel like you're repeating phrases like practice 30 minutes, get out your method book, or yes, that's a quarter note, I think, <laughs> until you're blue in the face. You might feel like you're just regurgitating information you may maybe heard the piano teacher say in the lessons or things that you just think you might need to say just to keep your kiddo on track. But I want to talk about how there are different types of piano lessons. Okay, we're going to talk more in detail about that in another episode, but today I want to talk about what I call the closed or open door approach, okay? So let me explain what I mean. The closed door approach is when your child goes to a studio, for example. When I say a studio, a lot of music studios teach all kinds of instruments. You know, there will be piano, guitar, drum, singing, you name it, it's usually there. Or there are also just piano studios where there's a whole lot of different rooms, like practice rooms, and it's just piano lessons in a studio. I call that the closed door approach because what usually happens is there's a waiting room, and you may have already experienced this, so you might be nodding your head, <laughs> and you're, as a parent, told to stay out in the waiting room, or sometimes you can sit out in a chair in the hallway, but the child is taken back into a room just with the teacher by themselves, Okay. So, and then they come out of the lesson, they meet you in the lobby, and then they head home. And that's about it, right? Um, They may or may not come home and tell you what they need to learn that week. They may or may not have a list of what to practice from the teacher. Or you might have a way of communicating during the week, and you might not. It just depends, okay? There's no right or wrong way. And we're going to talk about that in a minute as well. Then there's the open door approach. This is usually private lessons that are done in your home or in the teacher's home or even online, like in my online piano music membership, which is called Learn Piano Together. 
you hear what the teacher is saying, yet you're probably scrolling on your phone maybe. I mean, I'm guilty of that. When I take my kids places, half the time I'm listening or nodding like, yeah, I heard you. And sometimes I'm not listening. Sometimes I'm doing something else. Sometimes you're half listening. You've kind of tuned in what's going on, but you're kind of like doing your own thing. You're looking at your watch. Oh my gosh, what am I going to cook my family for dinner? Um, You might also just not be understanding what they're saying because maybe it's a little bit over your head, but you don't want to ask clarifying questions because you don't want to feel like you are not capable of helping your child. So you feel like by asking the questions to the teacher, you're you might be looked at like, oh, this, this, you know, person is 30 years old. They should know what they're doing. They should know a little bit about music at this point. Okay. So if you may be, you have had that experience and you felt guilty about not knowing more about music than you should have, that's okay. And don't let anybody make you feel guilty about that. Okay. Because you are capable of helping your child learn piano, whether you have a musical background or not. Okay. And we talked about that in episode one a little bit. So I'm going to vouch for the piano teacher just a little bit here, okay, because I am one too. (laughs) Um, They're busy, you guys, okay? If they work in a music studio, students are usually back-to-back. Like, for example, they may have one student scheduled at 3.30 and then another at 4 o'clock. That does not leave very much time to get the child in there, teach them piano, get everything, you know, all the music theory done, have them play the song they learned the week before and then learn a new song, practice technique and skills and all the things that go into a piano lesson before they need to get the next student in the door. Okay. And a lot of times also when a teacher, I'm speaking from experience here, teaches in a piano studio, they're told when to teach, how many students they can have and what the order of the students will look like. There's a lot of times these teachers are usually shoving food in their mouth as quick as they can between students, and so they're not talking with food in their mouth, you know, during the lesson. Now, if the piano teacher teaches at home, they're able to do a lot more uh, with flexibility in their schedule because a lot of times they're able to set their own schedule to an extent. Yes, they're able to set their own schedule, but at the same time, they usually are saying like, okay, I'm going to teach on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So they're probably going to still have back-to-back students, but there's a little bit more flexibility there in when they can teach, if they want to put a five-minute buffer between students and all that stuff. I've definitely noticed the difference. And yes, I have taught both ways. In-person lessons, well, they're all in-person lessons, but um, in my home and other people's homes and also in a studio. And I have noticed the difference. So since these teachers are so busy, a lot of times they barely have time to get through all the piano content they're needing to get through, like I said, before getting the next student in the door, okay? So a lot of times they're not meaning to not communicate with you as the parent. It's just sometimes a lack of time. It's sometimes just literally like, okay, bye, I got to get the next kid in. There's, It's not intentional. It's not them not wanting you to help your child succeed, a lot of it is just busyness. So there has to be a better way though, right? I don't want to leave you with this episode just going, well, great. All you're doing is talking about what not to do or how they're not communicating. How can I get the best experience out of a piano lesson with my child? Well, what's missing in piano lessons, in my opinion, is the interaction with parents. Like I said, okay, you as a parent should feel just as included in what's being learned as your child does. 
you should know how to help them practice and should leave lessons feeling confident each week in your ability to do so. So here are some simple ways, three things I want you to leave this episode with and how you can get communication with your child's piano teacher, whether it's in person or online. Ask the teacher if they're not providing enough information or communicating with you the way you think they should, just ask them. They can even just on a sticky note, maybe as their child is, their child, wow, as your child is finishing up in a lesson, they can have a sticky note out and quickly just write down what your child needs to be practicing that week, okay? It can even be you're handing them a, you know, like a a journal or a notebook each week and they can just journal in notes real quick about what to learn. You could even give them like a template or all they have to do is fill in the blank. <laughs> like it could say warm up, lesson, theory, you know, whatever, posture, whatever they, your child needs to practice that week. You could just have them simply fill in even a one word answer next to each thing you've already typed up if you want to do it that way. So if you're in an open lesson environment, like we talked about earlier, take notes if you can. Yes, I get it. I'm a mom. Okay. Like I said, I'll be the first to admit that you're going to sometimes tune things out. But at the same time, you could be, and I realize, like I said, this is not every lesson experience. You may not see what your child's learning. So if you're not, this doesn't apply to you. But if you're in an open lesson environment where you're hearing what's kind of going on, then write things down. Like if you heard them say, warm up on the C scale, just put warm up C scale. Even if you don't completely know what that means, just write it down. Okay. Learn new song on page 54. Maybe you're writing down music theory, treble clef, lines and spaces. Write down practice for 30 minutes. Remember posture. Check, check, check. Okay. Write down everything the piano teacher is saying, because a lot of times what ends up happening to you is even if you're not 100% sure about what the piano teacher is telling your child to do, when you remind your kiddo at home, hey, you're supposed to be practicing the C scale. And just pretend like you know what you're talking about. And then your child goes, oh, yeah, thanks, mom. And then they or dad and then they end up practicing that. And so they're listening a lot more than you think they are and retaining a lot more than you think they are. It's just sometimes a matter of you being able to help them. And so if you have some notes taken down about what they've learned, then you can easily remind them each week about what they're supposed to be doing at the piano. And then the third thing is, if all else fails as the week goes on and you've forgotten something, ask the teacher. Don't be afraid to shoot a quick email their way. Ask them about something your your child needs to be doing. So let's say that you did take notes and you're like, wait, like, let's go back to the C scale, for example. What exactly is that? Okay. Hey, Miss Smith, what, what's the C scale? You said my child needs to practice. They've forgotten. I don't know what that means. Can you help me out? And a lot of times they'll just shoot you back a quick email saying, sure, no problem. The C scale means this. It's C to C. It's eight notes, a progression. And they'll send you a quick note, um, quick note back. And if they don't, then that's on them, not you. But at least you tried, okay? Have an amazing day. And don't forget the impact you're having in your child's musical life each and every day. And I will see you again soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Learn Music Together podcast. 
Together, it is my goal that you and I can help your child learn music, whether it's in your home, in a group setting, or in private lessons. I would so appreciate you leaving a review on, for this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And head to my website, thedomesticmusician.com, where you'll see the latest blog post and other resources to help you out and courses. I hope that you keep showing up and listening to this podcast and getting ideas to help your child learn music, and we're going to help them reach their full musical potential together.